Hi. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. It's the pre-show. We force a cold open on this one. It's not like it's not like uh, a song of babies and puppies where you let one happen organically. We force uh-huh. one here. <laughs> cold opens happen at gunpoint. Yeah, you uh, start recording whether I'm ready or not. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. How are you? How how are you doing? How's the uh, how's the quarantine lifestyle? Are, are you are you working from home? Are you quarantined? I'm quarantined, but uh, I'm still like in university, so it's oh like, okay. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, it's big uncertain certainties right now because yeah. uh, we're like getting new emails every day. Yeah, about it's... whether they're ready to do online things or not. Oh, so they're still setting that up over there? Yeah. Yeah, our semesters are a bit uh, starting oh, a bit yeah, later than in America, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, I, I have, I have like, a friend who uh, might not be able to get home, so that's fun. Oh, fucking, yeah, fun. That's, ugh. It's like everyone who's uh, been going on a semester abroad is, like, in trouble right now. Like yeah. either they're gonna get home after just one month, or they don't know how to get home. Even like yeah, flights are getting cancelled and everything. Just kind Good of times. vibing indefinitely. Uh, friend, of, friend of the show, uh, frequent guest of the show, owner of the Noise Space, uh, Matt GameCube's dad is also not trapped in quite a predicament uh, because Matt's dad is uh, retired. But yeah. uh, Matt's dad has been stuck on an island uh, because he went on vacation before the outbreak like hit like big over over here in like the over over here in the in north america um and so he's just kind of been trapped on an island for the last like week and a half as far as i'm aware he's doing animal crossing in real life (laughs) yeah he's he's, yeah he's he's exploring his new horizons he's (laughs) (laughs) he's got cherries over there that's that's good it'd be weird if like you That'd be, that'd be weird if you were just, like, on a regular-ass vacation and then an animal person comes up and starts talking to you. I mean, listen. <laughs> who amongst us? <laughs> who amongst us has not started talking to... Who amongst us has not started talking to the tanuki that frequents our, that frequents our building? It's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to... It's Some people would say you have to, like, worry if uh, the animals around you start talking to you, but actually you've, like unlock the higher consciousness yeah when the animals around you start talking to you you can start selling them leaves and telling them it's furniture <laughs> you can just put a big fish in your pocket and have it there for weeks okay i'm gonna try and not do too much animal crossing talk on the actual podcast but um the first time i pulled a uh uh what are those like super fucking long fish that you get in the, the it looks like the pokemon melodic uh-huh do you, do, you, do you know what the fish is called, by any chance? The really super long one? The really super long one? I yeah, that's know. okay. That one. Uh, the first time I pulled it out of the ocean, I like genuinely dropped my switch because it scared <laughs> me. <laughs> I haven't caught that one yet. It's in a stout... Like, there have been so many changes made to this game, and some of my gripes about it are some of the most... like. It... Okay, Animal Crossing Corner, I guess, because I love it, but there are a few decisions that just make me uh, just fucking scratch my head. Like, the fact that clams, the thing you need to get in order to... That's so annoying. Bait. 
you can only you can't stack them like you can fruit or any other resource for no real reason like they're set up the way that they they, they don't even stack like coral stacks but clams yeah. don't <sighs> that's so weird and then you can't uh craft them in box like you have to craft each piece of yep. uh bait individually yep one at a time Oh yeah, crafting fence. Crafting fence is always fun because you just go out, you get thirty pieces of wood, and then you stand there and you mash A until you have ten fence pieces. That's <laughs> definitely not enough to enclose anything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, no, not to uh, keep going on about game mechanics, but like you have to wait until the whole dialogue is over. I haven't found like a way to skip dialogues uh, quicker. Yeah, there's no like there. There's no like truncation. Yeah. Um, The, uh, I, I've taken to setting up uh, DIY workbenches all over my island just so that I don't have to return back home every time I break an axe while I'm out mm -hmm. doing shit. Like, I've got one on each, like, tier of ladder height and on each side. Of, uh, I, I'm about to have one on, on all, like, parts divided by the river. Yeah, I guess I guess DIY workbenches make sense to do it that way, but, you know, I'm also not bothered by the way uh, Stardew Valley does it, that you can just craft out of your pocket anywhere you are yeah i really wish like i i really wish you could just like slap some sticks and a rock together and make an axe like maybe, yeah exactly maybe, maybe not even make it so that we're getting i think we're getting to the weeds on this <laughs> are, are you ready to talk a movie i'm ready or not or not theme music Dysfunctional Family Podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined this week by friend of the podcast, Janos. Hi. Hi. Uh, so this is your first time on Fear Baiting. Um, uh -huh. And the thing we do with first-time guests is we have them talk about their history with horror movies and what your favorite, like, subgenre of horror movie is. The, the thing I always say as an example is that I love home invasion horror movies. Hmm. Yeah, I... I don't know if I have a history with horror movies. I guess it's that for a long time I didn't watch them because I was scared. Yep. <laughs> and then I started watching them and now I like them. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty much how it was for me. Mine was motivated by college class, but like basically basically identical thing. I think for me it was because I was getting into like, you know, uh those late high school years when you start getting pretentious about movies. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's uh, an experience for you, but like... Oh, no, it, it was. It was. Um, I, I, I got really into uh, Claymation. That was my... So, like, I, I couldn't even be, like, with the cool... With the people who, like... Were, with the other people who, like, were cool about film in my high school. Mm -hmm. Because none of them respected animation as a medium. Like, <laughs> my, my, favorite, my favorite two movies in high school, and they remain two of my favorite movies to this day, they were Mary and Max, the uh, Claymation film that I uh -huh. watched last week, and Paprika, which we've done an episode on before. Yeah. And I think Paprika I is like a top five for me too. Oh yeah, it's so fucking good. 
Oh, I should start. We um we we did a uh, in the uh in the server for Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die uh, mm-hmm. last night we streamed Cats 2019 and mm-hmm. I am going to try and push for us to just do a movie night like right, more regularly so that I can make more people so I can make mainly mainly because I want to make people watch Paprika but I also want to watch movies with my friends. Yeah, uh, you were streaming at the exact same time I was uh, watching Ready or Not. By the way. Oh no. <laughs> It's it's fine. I I'm gonna watch cats on my own. I guess. Um, yeah, but the animation thing. I guess that happened a little later for me, but like not that much later that I got into uh, anime and animation and like. Yeah. I'm still trying to push for that because I I do uh, media studies at college and there's also like from the from the film studies people there's also like no real respect for animation or even less for anime yeah which is Uh, fucked up and that is fucked up it's 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 because every it's because every animated movie that's rated r that makes waves is like sausage party and it's about like food that says fuck and also has sex yeah and I, I mean, there, there is definitely a keyhole that has been ascribed to uh, adult American, or not adult American, uh, adult animation films. Like everyone yeah, always it's... think when 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 you when when someone brings like in the general public, I would bet that like t- if you ask like uh, if you did if you like Family Feud style, asked like a hundred people to name their favorite like a like uh, R rated uh, cartoon movie, I bet like number one would be like Team America World Police. Uh huh. <laughs> that classic yeah this is also the same for south park i guess like if you say adult animation they're gonna yes. say south park or yeah. <laughs> family guy which is not that like it's very juvenile that's the thing like the the thing that are things that are called like adult something are actually like much less adult than something like uh like you know a satoshi kon movie or a hayao yeah. miyazaki movie that might be like I don't know. Kiki's delivery service might be is is like mainly intended at children, but it's so mature. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, movies. horror movies. Anyways, um, yeah. So horror movies. <laughs> I so you know I was starting to like check out these uh, classics at one point. Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you by any chance remember what like your first what your first horror movie was on this like road to watching horror movies? Ah, oh, that's a good question. It. Because, Could have because been the for shining. me, the, I'm not the, sure. The earliest horror movie I have recollection of, like watching, is definitely the thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was an is, early one for me too. I don't know how I watched the thing at age 16. I don't know how I made it through that movie because I, um, I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but uh, are you are you at all familiar with the Kiefer, with the Kiefer Sutherland film of Mirrors? No. Okay, it's a movie about Kiefer Sutherland trying to hunt down a ghost that's killing people through mirrors. Like, mirrors are haunted. Okay. Anyways, I saw a trailer for that when I was, like, 12, and I was scared of that. For the, I literally was scared of mirrors for the next, like, year. Okay, yeah. For me, it was uh, The Ring. Ah. Because the advertisements for, I think, The Ring 2 at that point in Hungary were, like, everywhere. God, and I just I... seeing that poster scared the shit out of me. Like, I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah, the Grudge trailers also scared me a lot, too. So, th- actually, that that era of horror movies, like the, the Saw movies and the Ring movies, like, 
at at the time where the the horror movies that were very big at the time I was like between I don't know eight and twelve are the ones I never actually revisited. Yeah, the mid the mid aughts were uh, the early aughts were <laughs> a a bad time for American culture. Uh, the early uh-huh. aughts was the the early aughts was a very bad time yeah. for American culture. I think that some of our horror movies are no different. Like I think that like. I think some of the Americanized versions of the J and K horror films were okay. Like I, I like the English version of the ring. I think that's a pretty good movie. And then you've got stuff like, you know, the grudge Two and the ring Two. And do you remember when they made like rings or whatever, a couple of years ago, that ring sequel? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, seeing that and then not he- hearing anyone talk about it again. Yeah. But, um, the, the early aughts were definitely... I, I think some of our horror movies put out in that time, though, were good, though. I think that very much of very much of the U.S. was wrapped up in jingoistic fervor in the early aughts and very paranoid as well. Uh-huh. Um, and that reflected a lot in our media. Like, you like you would see, like, the, the home invasion... I, I've definitely brought this up before, but the home invasion genre coming to fruition, like, as a result of, like, being worried about this, the concept of invasion. Like, during the... During like the Department of Homeland, like the Department of Homeland Security was in the news like every day in that in that time, and that's where stuff like, you know, found footage, home invasion stuff mm-hmm. really came into fruition. Yeah, uh, just, uh, just one more thing to get to get back to things. I was like, I I just had a memory or like a like, I just remembered a thing from. <laughs> from that time in my life like when i was like second or third grade in school that i had like there was like this one friend i had who uh who was like the cool guy because he watched uh movies that are for adults yep like and he watched a lot of horror movies and he he was telling me about this movie that's so scary called signs That one scene where the alien walks is at the birthday party is a little bit fucked up, yeah. but that aside, there's like yeah, there's like one scary scene in that movie. Okay, I, wait. One, before we get into the movie, one thing that I one thing that bring you brought up the cool friend that watches the adult movies. Um, I was an extreme rules uh, police for myself, not for anyone else really. Um, that's a lie. I was definitely a rules police for other people, but I was really police. I really policed myself, which is why I cried for 10 minutes when someone pulled out a PG 13 movie at my Mm. friend's sleepover birthday party. Yes. Uh, and I was, uh, only 12. And so I was crying because I thought something bad was going to happen to me if I watched the fellowship of the ring. I was super like that. (laughs) Uh, like in Hungary, uh, I remember when uh, the dark Knight came out, it was rated 16. So I was like uh, terrified of Batman. <laughs> oh, that actually that makes me curious. What is the what's the like rating system in uh, over there? Okay, so I uh, I'm f- from Hungary, so I lived there mm-hmm. until I was like ten, and then now I live in Germany. But you know, I've mm-hmm. been visiting my family in Hungary a lot, so yeah, I d- kind of experienced both, and. Uh, I remember for a while when I was very young, there was no rating system or like no official one. <laughs> just and go, then just they, fucking wet and wild. It, it was just, they were just looking at, I guess there was, there were like recommendations, but they didn't put it on the posters or anything. 
and then they started putting on like uh numbers that are in a ring that are like 12 like first oh, like, like 12 peggy, 16 like and 18 okay like like peggy does for video games yeah yeah it's it's kind of like that and the 18 one is in a red circle so it was super is, scary is there is there like a, a fun is there like a fun guy who comes on at the start of trailers to be like Peggy sixteen. I wish. Over God, that's that, that guy's that guy's my favorite part of trailers. <laughs> and in Germany, it's similar. Like it's also on the DVD covers, very big. It's like even bigger. It's it's kind of like the video uh, game ratings. Like it's, it also looks similar. Okay. And it's I, kind I like... of annoying if you're like a film collector or some or like a DVD collector because oh yeah, these beautiful DVD covers are all like. This this large eighteen slept on them. <laughs> oh God, I I can't remember the last time I've seen like a. I, I cannot remember the last time I've looked at a movie rating. Honestly, like I, I just because I don't have like movies on. I, I don't like have very many movies on, like video yeah. anymore. It's just streaming. I was buying DVDs for a while, and then I stopped when uh, s- streaming started. So I have like a film collection that doesn't reflect my taste right now at all i've started i've started like i'm actually collecting a few blu-rays like i've got the i've got i've got the memoir hosoda collection i've got paprika i've got ghost in the shell um i've got the terminator series on blu-ray so i've got like i've got some movies but not very many uh i Mm. want to expect i I do want to expand that collection further but anyways we should definitely talk we're 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 17 minutes into this movie and i'm wait i didn't mention like what my favorite genre of horror movie oh sorry (laughs) go on go on Please. I, I I've been thinking about this like even before we started recording this because I thought I'm gonna have to come up with an answer and I don't really know but like I really like s- my favorite horror movies are uh, I think the the original Wicker Man is one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, so for me it's that kind of movie where you don't quite you can't quite tell if it is even a horror movie it's just it's just you know creepy did you like Midsummer? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you need to see Midsummer. I'm uh, yeah because it had Wickerman vibes, so I was excited for that. Oh yeah, huge, I huge Wickerman vibes out of that one. Yeah, that is a, that is a fun. I, I don't know what I would. I don't know exactly what I would call that genre either, but I, I do think I understand what you mean. Um, I'm sure. I also I'm sure uh, I'm... really like the Twilight Zone, uh, like the the old TV series. Oh, uh, and it's TV... also giving oh, okay. like th- that's also like those those vibes where uh, there's. Like, you don't exactly know if there's even something supernatural going on, but you yeah. feel a little bit creeped out. Like in this movie. <laughs> it's exactly like this one. Oh, God, I can't... Okay, we're going to go through this... Uh, okay, <clears throat> I'm just going to give a brief plot rundown real quick, and then we can talk about stuff that we liked. Uh, so we open this movie with two young boys running through this big mansion, um, and one of them tells the other to go hide in a closet. The, the boy who doesn't hide in the closet is approached by a man who's been shot by an arrow and is like, hey, Daniel, you gotta fucking help me. They're gonna kill me. And the kid starts fucking snitching, uh, screaming. People come out of the woodworks. They shoot him again. They shoot the guy with more arrows. They take him away, despite the protest of the bride. And we flash forward 30 years to the wedding of Grace and Alex. <laughs> they get married, and they uh, then that night... Uh, Alex tells Grace that there is a family tradition that on the night, uh, whenever a new family member is added, whenever a new member is added to the family, they have to play a game. Uh, they and the game is basically drawn from a the game is drawn from a card in a box, and the card that was drawn is hide and seek, which means that they just start playing the most dangerous game. 
and it's great. Grace doesn't really know what's going on because she just thinks it's hide. She just thinks it's legit hide and seek for the first little while, and then uh, Alex kidnaps like like catches her in the middle of her playing hide and seek throughout the mansion, uh, and tells her, "Hey, they're gonna fucking try and kill you. This is not good. You should. You need to run and leave." But not before, uh, he doesn't get to say that before she watches uh, someone's head just get completely blasted off with a, with a gun. Um, so he explains that to her and she is just like, okay. Uh, and he says, okay, I'm going to go to the control room and I'm going to open the door so you can get out of the house. He goes there. She uh, fights a lot of people, but gets out eventually. She... Uh, manages to outrun the butler who, well, she almost manages to outrun the butler, but he, uh, she tries to contact OnStar after stealing the butler's car, but OnStar is like, mm, I'm shutting the car down. Seems to be stolen. Bye. Uh, the butler tranks her and takes her back home, but she fucking flips the car. Then she gets caught by Daniel, the kid from the start of the movie, who is Alex's brother, and is brought back to the house for a ritual sacrifice. A ritual sacrifice, if you will. But she, but uh, Daniel uh, fucks up the whole thing by poisoning everyone with hydrochloric acid and gets her away. He gets shot, uh, and then uh, Alex is uh, Alex manages to get her, and uh, they're trying to figure things out. But Alex is like, "Oh, you're not gonna be with me after this, are you?" And so he starts. He he fucking snitches, and uh, the entire family comes in. They try to kill her, and then they don't because the she manages to fight it off. And then the morning comes because they were all afraid of a curse that if they don't finish the game by the morning, by which they mean kill off the person, they would all die. And they all just explode in a bushel of guts. And it's extremely. It was extremely funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, did I miss anything about anything major in the story? I think that's mostly it okay cool so there is um i love the main character in this movie so much she's so good uh what was her name uh grace what yeah i meant the i, I meant the actress oh i yeah i don't remember her name uh samara weaving is grace um she is fucking great in this movie she we we get this is all this movie also has an incredible uh late title card Mm-hmm. Which is uh, they like uh, Grace and Alex are like getting ready for the wedding and they're sharing a cigarette and Alex is like okay so are you ready and she says oh fuck no and then it cuts and then it just hard and then it just like uh, Gillian cuts to the title card and then to the wedding yeah it's great she's really good like she's because uh, because you think you think it's gonna be like a cliche character and then then yeah, she's not at all. She, no, she manages to. She fights pretty hard. So uh, during the uh, during the wedding, there's like a really good framing device that's going on because we don't actually know the extent of what's possibly going to happen that night uh, until later on. We're kind of kept in the dark until Grace is. I mean, if we've we've seen the trailers, so we probably know what's happening, but they're not being as they're not being out they're not being blunt about it. And the framing device that they're doing for I, I don't know if framing device is the right word, but what they're doing is like they're having all these characters line up for like wedding photos and it's just like okay this character and this character are doing wedding photos together and they're having a conversation and one of the characters from that conversation is having a is taking photos with a different person now and they're talking and 
I just thought that was really fun. Just like a, a really a, a really smart way to just get like a bunch of extremely tight, uh, extremely quick conversations done in like a minute. Yeah, I think this movie was like, like it was like ninety minutes long, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like perfect runtime. Uh, yeah, really tightly cut. Yeah, there was no like unnecessary moments in it. Yeah, I'm uh, but the, also I'm, like I'm just... I don't think there was anything missing. Yeah. I'm just looking at the uh, so the the directors of this movie uh, Matt Bettinelli uh, Matt Bettinelli Olpin and uh, Tyler Gillett are uh, alumni of this podcast because they were the directors of both VHS and the South well they were directors on both VHS and Southbound which are two uh, uh, anthology horror films hmm. we covered previously on this podcast was this their first VH- like full time or like What's that? Uh, was this their first like full movie. Feature length? Um, yeah. Let me look. No, they directed a movie prior called Devil's Do. Okay. But that aside. Um, but yeah, this movie is like really tightly uh, cut. Like the, the wedding is like over and done in like five, within the first like 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. which I was not expecting. I kind of expected to linger a little bit more in the wedding, but we got to the wedding night pretty quickly. And at, at this point, it's kind of, you become more and more aware over the course of this movie that Alex is a bad person. I mean, he obviously goes full mask off at the end, but like it's. Yeah. And that's also one of the things uh, where at first I thought, uh, Oh, am am I going to have to like, like this person or like sympathize with him? And then I was like, really, uh, really happy about how, how, no, the movie knows that he's a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, we, we all, like, if we've, we've seen the trailers or the poster or anything for this movie, we know, we know a most dangerous game is going to happen. Um, but, uh, they're like, they're fucking in the, they're like gonna, they're, they're about to fuck in the wedding room, uh, or they're about to have post-marriage sex, whatever the fuck that, I can't remember (laughs) words. There's a, there's a word for like the sex that you have on your wedding night Uh or something. There's a specific way to say it, but I don't remember what it is. So bear with me. Uh, you can at me if you want. <laughs> bedding ceremony or bedding ceremony. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the the blackfish. No, wait. Fuck. Robert Baratheon <laughs> fucked in Grace's wedding bed. Yes. Um. But then they're about to fuck, and then grandma grandma shows up. She's not actually grandma. I just kept calling her grandma. Aunt. Uh, what, what was her name? Aunt. Oh, I don't remember any of the names. Uh, besides the like three main characters. Yeah, it was. It, she was. She's Alex's aunt. Um, but um, and she's his aunt. The the one was played by Andy McDowell, or no, or that's the old his one. mother. The, the old really one. Old the, one, one yeah. the one who the one who looks like Sindel from Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. Like, got really cleaned up. <laughs> like this is this is what Sindel does when she's not like fighting Shang Tsung. Cause she's just like all decked out in purple. She's got the <laughs> white hair, but it's like it's cut short. Like it's it's Ellen length. Ellen did Ellen the generous length. Um, and she's just like fucking. Later on, she's just like wielding an axe the entire time, and it fucking rules. But um, she shows up on the on the wedding night. Is like, hey, it's game time. I'm going back into the secret passage now. Bye. It's game time. And Alex is like, yeah, so what you just, you just have to play a game. It might be like checkers or something or uh, I don't know. Cards. Cards, like backgammon, probably something regular. Um, and 
he makes no attempt to warn her about what possibly will happen because uh, by drawing the hide and seek card. But um, he manages to tell her later. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite like running jokes in this movie is the pro- the continued fuck ups of Emily. That's so funny, yeah. Because so the first time we the first time we encounter this character after the hunt has begun, she um there, there's another character whose uh, name I do not remember. But, um, okay. So, there are a couple of maids who are taking care of Emily's kids. Uh, but Emily, uh, uh, and, uh, one of, one of the kids gets away when the maid falls asleep. So, the ki- the maid is, like, looking around for the kid. Um, and then Emily accidentally just fucking blasts a hole in the maid's face because she thinks it's <laughs> Grace. And it's like, hey, I did it! I- oh, shit! Oh, fuck! Oh, Every God one of those, it. like, that was the first one, I think. And then there yeah. was another one where she just shot someone in the mouth with a crossbow yeah yeah, yeah. and that um, one came so unexpected to me like i lost my (laughs) shit at that (laughs) i was laughing so hard um later on they uh they so uh, later uh, later on at one point uh when grace is hiding out uh daniel happens across her and daniel's like well i can't let you go but i'll give you a 10 second head start so everyone convenes in the room where daniel is and then a maid comes in uh, uh, because one of the characters is um, uh, 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 Fitch, uh, and he's like just whining about the crossbow he's carrying the entire movie because they can only use old timey weapons. And yeah. he give, Emily Emily runs in and is like, "Oh no, I forgot my gun!" And Fitch is like, "Here, just t- take this crossbow. You'll you'll use it better than I do. I can." And she's like, "Really?" And then with uh, a maid runs in and is like, "Sir, the the woman has escaped." And then Emily accidentally shoots her with the crossbow, and it. I, mean, I I had to rewind that scene a couple times. Yeah. The, the crossbow <laughs> is like a great uh running gag anyways cuz like uh, Fitch like first asks someone like do you know how to use this shit? And yeah, I like, was like yeah, this? right. How the fuck do you use a crossbow? And then there's a later scene where he sits at the toilet and just googles yeah. how to use a crossbow. He's Fitz's phone is one of my favorite props in this movie because not only does he like he he like he's like uh, I gotta stop up to the bathroom I, I got an upset stomach, uh, but he just like is sitting in there look watching like two rednecks be like all right this is a be- how to use a crossbow for beginners, um, and then later in the movie he's still just like on he's still just like in the bathroom because he doesn't want to participate in the hunt and uh, he he's just googling uh, what what is it packed with the devil real or bullshit yes. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Um, a thing I wanted to laud this movie for is that um, I, I feel like there were zero jokes at Fitch's expense, which is at, Fitch, at the expense of Fitch's weight at yeah. least, which I which was really unexpected because Fitch is like a fat character, and I was just fully expecting this movie to do like some joke about him being really out of breath or like being really hung or just some stupid fucking shit. And this feels like a low bar for things to clear, but I'm, <laughs> I'm always happy when there's a fat character who, a fat character who gets to be funny, but not by virtue of being fat. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God. That, Fitch is definitely, Fitch is definitely my favorite character in this movie. Who's not grace though. <laughs> He's great. Um, I also liked, uh, like Daniel, like he was, he was played by, uh, Adam Brody from the OC. Oh, that guy. Yeah. He was also in Gilmore Girls for like one season until he... They built him up to be the main love interest of one of the characters in Gilmore Girls and then he got cast in the OC, so he just got written out of it. <laughs> Semper Fi. But like he has, uh, he has just great... Uh, like he doesn't get out of his lane a lot. 
but he's doing the specific acting style where uh, yeah he I think he does a really good job I think he's that really he does, does really well job. yeah yeah um, I, I think he's really good in this movie the the he he plays a very good drunk in this movie yeah like, he, he looks he looks at, he looks like the kind of drunk I never want to be which is like the the level of drunk he is at is like me one beer past the point of being good mm. And that's also the point where I sometimes will decide, oh fuck it, I'm already feeling like this. I will continue to drink, and yeah. I, that's when the, that's when the puke happens. It it kind of reminds me of Sam Vimes from uh, from Discworld too. Like he's also he's also that kind of drunk that he's uh, like in the beginning when he's a drunk that he's just like uh, you know that thing you said that it's not it's not fun anymore. He's just like really cool yeah, about I, it. Yeah, but he's like, well, I mean, if I don't, if I if I stop drinking, then I stop being drunk. <laughs> Guess I'll drink. Mm. I I noted the hide and seek song was also funny. Yes, the the hide and seek song was. Uh, what was the? It was just like some old timey like. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like so uh, so over the top uh, in how old timey it was. Like it sounded like some twenties s music. Yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna look up real quick if that was an actual song. Just out of curiosity, I, I feel like it has to be. Please, Google, help me out. <laughs> Hide and seek song, real or made up? Hide and seek song, real or made up? Let's see. Okay, here we go. Yes, the hide and seek song by from Headquarters Music. I think it might just be original. Okay, they did a great job with it though. Like it's. Like, do you remember, do you remember that uh, that Twitter thread from uh, a couple of months yeah, ago yeah, yeah. that was I like uh, the songs from like uh, top songs of the decade, and there yeah. was that one from like the nineteen twenties that was like, bah, bah, "Let's all keep our lights on, dirty zablets." Like it just sounds like that. <laughs> uh, I'll put that. Uh, well, I'll make sure to put that tweet thread in the show notes. <laughs> I'm just gonna be thinking about that for the rest of the episode now. The the share I turned back time. I can't believe that worked. That's, I only read the wiki how. That thread is like one of the one of the masterpieces of the internet. Like how much effort like, they put into it. Yeah, that that thread is like that thread is like one of the best things that came out of the twenty twenty out of the twenty tens. Absolutely. Oh, thank you very much, Twitter. Um, um Oh, I got a question for you. Sure. So, because where I come from, when we played hide and seek, it was like one person was seeking and everyone else was hiding. See, we call that sardines here. Okay. Hide and seek to, to us, like regular, regular quote unquote hide and seek is one is everyone hides and wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, this is just sardines. This is sardines. Huh. This is not hide and seek. This is this is sardines. Because that's regular what I hide thought. Like, is this American hide and seek is everyone hides. Yeah. No, this is this is not American rules. This is this is a perversion of the term hide and seek. I mean, it technically is hide and seek, and maybe the cha- maybe maybe the current usage of it is has been bastardized since the original. But to my knowledge, yeah, hide and seek is not this. I mean, we also didn't use guns. That's the other thing. Well, I mean, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> If you if you weren't blasting the shit out of kids with your with your BB gun on the playground, what the fuck were, were you even playing real? Oh, speaking of kids. 
Oh yes. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, when she uh when she like first escapes the property and is like on the run from the from the the butler guy, uh she go she runs into a a an a, a farmhouse a a barn. Oh my god, I forgot the word barn. Uh. She runs into like a actually it's more like a stable, but I digress. She runs into a stable and um, she encounters one of the kids uh, who I mentioned earlier, one of Emily's kids, and she's like, "Hey, hey, okay, uh, we're gonna get you out of here, buddy. It's okay." And then the kid just like pulls out the gun he stole from Emily earlier and blasts her in the hand, <laughs> and she just fucking decks him. <laughs> She decks him, picks up his phone, and gets and um, sees. Or she picks up his flashlight rather, and sees a goat and falls backwards into the corpse pit, which they maintain on property. Um, at this point, I was like, "Wow, can the rich really just murder people behind closed doors and get away with it?" And I remember that the, it's, it's not that far off what really just kind of happens on a daily basis with the rich. <laughs> Yeah, like like yeah, Jeff Bezos could Jeff Bezos could be doing the most dangerous game on a daily basis, and we we really have no way of knowing. Yeah, there's like there's like millionaires who have islands and do like upsetting shit there. I want to get into that. Yeah, yeah there are millionaires though. Oh my god, God. Uh, but uh, um, speaking so of the my... kid, like there was like, I I think that kid and and there was like another kid. Uh, they appeared like relatively or like I don't remember seeing them at the beginning of the movie but then there's like a few other scenes with them where like uh, first well, they, of all they... like there's like uh, their parents I think uh, tell them like why did you have a gun why did you shoot her like you didn't have to do that oh that's what you all were doing and then I learned it from watching you mom and then, yeah. mom, and then mom is just so proud of it and then later when they explain them the whole story about the devil's deal they get so into it and in the end where they all shout hail satan i noticed that one of the child just like children just shouted it really excitedly yeah i guess there is uh i i i i I missed that when i was i was really confused when the two kids exploded at the end of the movie at, at, at least uh, at least they exploded off screen unlike everyone else yeah like Emily hurries them out of the room and then you just hear like two small explosions and a big one it's uh it, it oh god um but so she falls backwards into the she falls backwards into the corpse pit and she has to climb out and she has to fucking the ladder falls out from under her in the middle of her climb and she has to use the newly acquired whole gunshot wound in her hand as a a uh, as an anchor because she well not as an anchor as like a a, a thing to hold on with because she jams a nail through it mm. and just like uses that to grip the top of the the top of the um the the part where she's climbing like a, the ladder that fell left an exposed nail that scene really hurt to look at yeah that was like that five minute stretch in the movie that was super gory like everything yeah. else was like mostly fun and violence. then like. Right- and then, like right after that, when she's like escaping the, she manages to escape the property by uh, working her way through one of the fences, but uh, gets her back all dug up by because Ooh, yeah. it's got like it's got all those uh, those fleur de lis all over it, you know, those that extremely yeah. sharp pattern. Is that? I know it has like French uh, uh, French history. I'm trying to remember fleur de lis, but fleur de lis, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
I but I, I I like to imagine it really it really only got popular because it was a a, a fancy way to do spikes on your on your property. <laughs> It's the, it's the socially it's the social it's the socially acceptable to put up fucking to put a spiked wall around your property. <laughs> yeah, but so she she manages to worm her way out of the gate, and uh, she manages to get a, a guy driving by to stop, and he just fucking honks the horn at her and says, "Get out of the fucking road, lady!" And he drives off. She's like, "What the fuck is wrong with the rich people?" She just starts swearing like for uh, twenty seconds. It was it was great. Yeah. Um, jumping back a little bit, the uh, right after Emily uh, blasts that that uh, housekeeper with the with the pistol. Um, well, shortly after, she is like she crouches down, is like assuring her because she's like not a hundred percent dead. She's just like she just has like a huge hole in her face. Mm. Um, and she's just like writhing on the floor and Emily like bends down and is like, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. And then like on cue, the, the, the corpse just like splurts, butt blooded her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Emily is also just doing a shitload of drugs this entire movie. Like, like she runs back into the room where she shot, uh, the maid later and just like does a bump of cocaine off the back of her hand. She's like popping pills later. Uh, after she accidentally crossbows the other maid in the mouth, mm-hmm. uh, Fr- uh, Fitch is like, "Okay, let's go get you an edible, even you out a little bit." <laughs> uh, um, the, after she shoots the girl with the after she shoots the maid with the crossbow, uh, the maid also doesn't immediately die. Uh, so Grandma just walks over there and fucking cuts her head off with the axe that she's been carrying. Yeah. And I love that scene uh, in the in the barn, I think, or stable or whatever, when they're uh-huh. like putting the bodies into that hole, and then they just take that separated head that has still the crossbow spike in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Grandma got a clean cut. <laughs> she did. Um. But after she gets captured by the butler after escaping, uh, the butler does, like, fucking... He fucking FaceTimes the family and is like, I've done it! I'm gonna do some conducting! I'm gonna bump my music now. And she wakes up in the back of the car and fucking kicks the shit out of him and makes him crash. Uh, which At which point, uh, Alex... Or, uh, not Alex. Daniel finds her and takes her hostage. Um... But so they they st- the, when they first start to do the ritual, uh, it fucks up because uh, Daniel poisoned them with hydrochloric acid, uh, and they're running out. And she's like, "Oh, did you kill them?" And he's like, "No, it's just hydrochloric acid. I looked it up. I googled it. They're gonna shit weird for a week, but they'll be fine." <laughs> and it made me laugh really. It made me laugh a lot. Um, and then Grace gets to like do the one the one complaint I really have about this movie is that Grace does not like kill enough people. In my opinion, <laughs> I I. It worked. It, it worked for the character. I, I'm glad she didn't do more murder. But also, I often prefer my uh, uh, most dangerous game stories to involve the most dangerous game target uh, be, being an active participant in taking down the bad guys more often. But also, the way this one ends is just real. Is just perfect. So I, I don't yeah, really have that. That's much the thing. Complaint. Like I understand but, um, that, but the exploding is just so funny. <laughs> it is. Uh, but, I just um, want to shout out the butler does... once more because I thought he was also great. Oh yeah, the butler was great. Uh, the FaceTiming uh, was really funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the part where he like sticks his head out the window while while um, while some orchestra is like blasting out of his speakers, yeah. like Yahoo! 
away. He sounds like Mario. <laughs> he jump. He gets out of his car and backwards long jumps back into the estate. <laughs> Yahoo! Yay! Yahoo! <laughs> um, but Grace does get one confirmed kill in this movie where she beats the shit out of uh, Alex and Daniel's mom with the box with with the card box where the where the hide and seek card came out of. Yes. Um. But, so, Alex walks in after she does that, and that's when he's like, oh, you're not going to stay with me after this, huh? Guys, she's in here! And I was, I was so fucking mad at him at this point. Like, I was glad, I, as a, for the enjoyment of this movie, I was glad, because I knew it meant that there would be no survivors except for Grace, but I did hate the character in the moment. (laughs) Um, but so they try and execute her again. They fail. Uh, and, uh, Grandma opens the... Grandma opens the window and is like, oh no, the sun has come. And then everyone like, everyone like acts like they're about to get fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark and just like, no. And they're just like, they, they like, they, their hands are up and their faces are pointing away and their eyes are closed. Like, oh, I guess nothing happened. And then grandma's like, all right, the girl still dies. And then she just fucking pops like a grape. And for a second there, maybe I'm just not genre savvy enough. But for a second there, I thought, wait, what? Like, th- was there no curse? That's that's also kind of funny. If if uh, it turns I was, out, I, that... I, I, I was completely caught off guard with the. Expo- I was not expecting there to be a curse. Yeah. Like I, I was fully expecting there to be just like a oh well, uh, shit, and then the cops come or something. And that would still have um, been good. I, I'm still yeah, glad we got the explosion. <laughs> but. Everyone explodes, and then uh, Alex is like, "Okay, baby, 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 please, 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 please. You, you're my. I'm not. I'm not a part of this family anymore. I'm not. I'm not cursed. You're my. You're my out. I, I, I love you. Um, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." She's like, "Dear uh, Alex, I want a divorce." And she takes the ring. The she takes the ring off her finger, and he explodes. <laughs> Uh, she walks outside and the cops roll up and they're and they're like oh my god what the f-? and like she's just like she's wearing her like her 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 Chuck Taylors her fucking yellow Chuck Taylors absolute icon um, and the cops are like oh my god what the fuck happened and she just says in laws and the movie ends <laughs> absolute perfect final shot it's a great ending to this movie she's just sitting there like bloody all over her body and just start smoking a cigarette. Yep. Legend. Legend, absolutely. Alright, uh, do you have any other thoughts on Ready or Not before we head to, uh, uh, I, I, I guess, ratings and recommendations, and ratings and questions? Do you have anything else for the movie writ large? Um, I'm just looking. I stopped taking notes at like one third of the movie because I was enjoying the movie instead. <laughs> yeah, my my, the, my 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 the last half hour of my notes are very light because because of the same reason. I was just really enjoying the movie. <laughs> um, so on a scale of zero to five, what are we doing? Zero to five. Exploding in laws. Okay. On a scale of zero to five, exploding in laws. How many exploding in laws are you gonna give? Ready or not? Twenty nineteen. Um, I think it's like a it's like a solid four out of five. Yeah, I, I'm not going for four exploded. I, I'm not going. I might even go for four and a half exploded in hmm. ones out of five. Um, I I still haven't seen Knives Out myself, but I imagine 
sort of this is in a similar Venn diagram. I know like it's not the same thing. I know that's a murder mystery and this is like a most dangerous game thing, but I, I imagine they're kind of in the same vein as far as like theming goes. <laughs> um so I'm excited to I'm excited to get around to seeing Knives Out so I can compare it to this one. I but uh, seen Knives yeah. Out either, so four, four, four and a half exploded in laws. You, you, four exploded in laws, and then like your your aunt's like torso is uh-huh. just gone. She's she's fine, but she's, she's like fine. she's legs and then a head with arms sticking out <laughs> of the side of it. If an exploding grandma was to wear pants, would it be this way? <laughs> Would the, would the genes explode along with her? Or would each would each, would each speck of blood have its own little, or would it just be a pool of blood in genes in one pair of genes? When oh yeah, when they explode, do the clothes explode with them? That's a good that's a good question. I mean, probably it's probably just taken up. I, I I okay. What maybe maybe there's like some really high quality clothes that wouldn't explode. Like that would be like a great thing for companies to advertise. You know. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe like, uh, maybe like an animorphs, how they can only morph with skin tight clothing. Uh, they can only explode with skin tight clothing. <laughs> the skin tight the... clothing's got the give you need to to really just contain an exploded corpse. I love how like close logistics is like always a question with every piece of media. Like, does turning invisible work if you're wearing clothes? Uh, can you teleport while wearing clothes? Like. If we're going back to the original, the Invisible Man, I'm pretty sure his dick was out when he was actually invisible. Yeah, because he was, like, wearing those bandages at first, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, it's been, like, a decade since I read that book. But, yeah, that's it's all coming back to me. Oh, I've just, I only seen the movie, which is really good. Like, the oh, the one from the 30s, I think. Okay. I'm ex- I, I want to see that new one with, um, with What's-Her-Face from A Handmaid's Tale. I keep forgetting her name. But uh, uh, I'm excited to see that. I don't know. But we... But we have questions. Question. We, we have questions. Uh, at Evan out of 10 wants to know. That's my friend, Evan. Hi, Evan. Hi, Evan. If there's one person in your family who you could punch and get away with it, who would it be? Nobody. My sister My sister is the only person who's like remotely close to that on that table, and she would absolutely beat the shit out of me if I tried to. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, if, that's if, a... If I swing, if I would, if I swing, even going back to childhood... If I swung, she would swing back twice as hard. <laughs> I have like an uh, uncle in my family who's super racist and conservative. And uh, I think the rest of my family would actually be in bo- on board with uh, punching him. But I would also be worried about my fist hurting after that because I don't, yeah. I can't throw punches. Unfortunately, my uh, there are some members of that in my family, but unfortunately, my family is one of those families who's like, oh, family is more important than everything else. So I couldn't really swing at even the most racist members. <laughs> <sighs> but it's okay. We're 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 getting by. Uh, Evan also asks, what's a weird family tradition you'd like to invent for your kids so people at school make fun of them? I think I would just uh, make them play hide and seek really weird, like. <laughs> You know, make them play a game that everybody knows, but in a with a weird rule set that like not no shooting, but like you know, in some way that everyone's gonna look at them like what? Like that's not how you play. That's not how you play tag. You don't have to tag them with both hands at the same time. 
I would teach I would teach my kid I, I would teach my kid chess and uh, tell him it was Fortnite and make sure that, that... <laughs> we like call the game chess Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, I would like I would I would alter the box I would I, I would alter the box art of 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 chess the box art for chess to say Fortnite. Do you think there's like a chess Fortnite edition? There's got to be, right? Oh, there, there's, at the very least, there's Monopoly Fortnite. Hold on, let me look up chess Fortnite. There's a custom game mode in Fortnite for chess. Okay. There's also an article from chess.com that says seven ways Fortnite is like chess. Seven ways, sure. Okay, here, one of the seven ways, chess.com, they're both streamed on Twitch, they're both ruthlessly competitive, Okay. you must control territory, you learn with experience, you need a good mouse to do well, you a good mouse, purposes, a good mouse or fast fingers, apparently, All right. and there's always someone better than you. <laughs> God. That's true for every other, either true for every other competitive game or every other thing you do on your computer. Do better chess.com. Chess.com, you're putting out screen rant level articles. You really got to bring it. You really got to bring the thunder next time. Uh, lastly, what would have to happen for you to get married in the next seven months? Um, uh, <laughs> the end of a global pandemic? Yeah, that's the big starters. one, right? There's a, pretty big, there's a pretty big asterisk next to the concept of me getting married within the next seven months. And the asterisk is the asterisk is labeled is labeled COVID nineteen. Uh huh. It the, the virus itself, itself kind of looks like an asterisk. It kind of does if you squint and you're colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that does it for questions this week. Um, we're gonna get into recommendations. Uh, Janos, do you have a recommendation ready? If not, I can go first. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I've been thinking about what to recommend, but I think I'm just gonna. Do an anime that I've been <laughs> really enjoying uh, recently. Is it Chihayafuru by any chance? It is Chihayafuru by any chance, yes. It's fucking good. I need to get to, I need to watch the second season. Oh, have you only seen the first season? Yeah, Sophie and I watched the first season, then we dipped off that to watch Haikyuu. We're watching Suritama now. Uh, next is going to be Tatami Galaxy, and then probably Chihayafuru season two. It's so good. And the third season is the best one, like... Like uh, ser- okay, so this is to those who don't know. This is a, an anime about a competitive poetry-based uh, card game. Which... It's basically it's basically poetry. Ver- it's basically poetry memory. Competitive yeah. poetry memory. And if that sounds weird, uh, don't worry. The show explains it really well, and uh, it starts at base level, and then through every season, you're gonna learn more strategies or more intricacies to this game that at first seems just like weird and your brain will expand 15 times just by watching Chihayafudu my brain was so small before I watched it and now now I'm a jock and the the great thing is that by the third season uh, you'll be like getting to know like over the course of the first two seasons you'll be getting to know all of these rival teams uh, and the characters in them and everyone ju- just like in their matches gets uh, gets their backstories uh, kind of expanded on or the way they think mm-hmm. so by the third season every time there's a new game you'll know oh it's these two characters I wonder how they'll do against each other and the other great I thing I how he's improved in the off season yeah 
<laughs> the other great thing is that, uh, not to spoil anything, but the, especially the first half of the third season focuses on uh, two of my favorite characters who haven't been getting that much screen time before. Like especially one of them uh, gets so much in front, and you love to see it. Hell yeah. Um, my recommendation this week is gonna be, um, so there's this little manga, uh, it's kind of obscure, uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, it's called One Piece. Um, I started reading it (laughs) because I, all the memes on Twitter about reading One Piece in quarantine kind of got to me, and I was like, fuck it, I'll read One Piece. So now I'm like 90 chapters in, and it's really fucking good. Um, it's just like... if you haven't tried One Piece, don't watch it. That's too much. But like, what, do what I've been doing: read the manga, and then every time a cool fight happens, go like on YouTube and just watch the just watch the the the, the fight scene clipped out of the episode. It's good. I'm like, it's uh, I think three or four volumes into it. Like I'm at to the to the point where uh, where we get to know a character named Sanji. Ah, yes. Sanji is... Sanji is a character. <laughs> yeah. Why is... He's definitely the... Why is there, like, a shitty, horny character in every manga? It's... I don't know. It's a necessity, I guess. It's... <laughs> the it's... thing is, Sanji, I can kind of get away... I, I can kind of deal with Sanji, because, like, he's... He's definitely into the women. Like, I... He's not Minoru Minata is what you're trying to say. Yeah, he's not, like, super horny. He's just like, oh, I want to romance you and be the sweetest... Oh, I just want to give you a kiss, m'lady. He... Like, he's not like, oh, I'm gonna sniff your panties. God. I truly hate uh, all those Hiroaka episodes where uh, you have to feel good about Minata, where he does something that's supposedly cool. Yeah, the thing... I hate Mineta. His his power is fun. I think his power is kind of fun. And, like, whenever he uses it, I'm like, God, I wish you were a better character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Janos, thank you so much for coming on, especially on such short notice. Uh, it was an absolute blast to have you on. Thank you for making me watch this movie. I would probably not have seen it otherwise. Hell yeah. Um, where can people find you? And would you like to plug anything? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Janusz Kapuari on Twitter. We'll, uh, sp- we'll uh, put that link in the show notes and we'll spell it for you too. Yeah, I don't want to like spell it here. Um, yeah, I do <laughs> two podcasts. I do uh, The Age of Pods, written with a Z, where we talk about Sufjan Stevens. Uh, with my friends Jan and Jan. Uh, we'll, by the time this goes up, hopefully our first Illinois episode is up. And then uh, we do A Song of Babies and Puppies where we talk about A Song of Ice and Fire. We're currently like 500 pages into A Game of Thrones. Uh, We had a very special guest in the last episode. That was me. We talked about Joe Biden giving the thumbs up and bleeding out of his evil eye because I can't stop talking politics. I can't stop talking U.S. politics no matter where I go. Yeah. it's Uh, uh, Have fun voting, I guess, (laughs) in a few months. a few months god i wish i st- it's it is still another seven and a half months till yeah. our election 
I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely just, I, I am very quickly, I, I, the, my, my procedure, my, my condition progresses more every day. My condition is slowly Have you seen that clip where uh, Joe Biden says, uh, in the two years, no, in the one year until, from now until November. And then walks off camera, yes. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Fear Baiting. Uh, so normally our schedule was uh, three episodes and then one one week, uh, three weeks on, one week off. But we did since we had to you know do that swap a Rooney last week. Uh, so there's going to be three more episodes after this before our next week off. Just so y'all know. Um, thank you so much to Matt GameCube for uh, be for creating Noisebase.xyz, which is where this podcast is hosted. Go listen to all the other great podcasts there, such as the Wonder Years, which I do with musician of this podcast uh, Seda and uh, ed- editor of this podcast Blair. You can find Seda on Twitter. At, you can find Seda's music under People You Meet Outside of Bars. Head to GayGothVibes.online for more information about that. You can find Twitter or you can find Blair on Twitter at Blair Kitch. And uh, another podcast I do on there is Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, a leftism podcast. Uh, did an episode of, I'm doing an episode on cats that will probably be out by the time you're hearing this. Just going to talk about cats for a while. There's also going to be like a regular episode you can listen to, but if you do, if you want to get away from like the, the whole, like the, the fact that the thing has been dominating the news cycle for the last like two, three, four, I don't know how long weeks, um, maybe tune into the cats episode. It'll be a blast. Um, if you want to find the podcast elsewhere, we are fear baiting everywhere, including on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is where you can go to support the podcast. One dollar is basically a tip jar. Occasionally we have stuff go up early. Uh, five bucks a month gets your name right on the podcast and a message right on the show. Ten bucks a month, all that stuff, and you get to make us watch a movie for this podcast. So thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, and Ducky Aisha. We love you all so, so much. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenia, S-U-N-H-A-T. Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And I think that's everything. Janos, again, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It was an absolute blast. I'm Sarah. I'm Janos. And remember... You can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. <laughs>